3: or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone,
4: AutoZone.
3: Restrictions
5: apply.
1: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on V the Sports Betting Network.
6: Sharp Money, Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, the big guy Dustin Sweetles, and we go to Amal Shaw before we bring in professional handicapper Scott Spreitzer. Update on the conference tournaments, Amal.
7: Yeah, let's start with the final at MSG. St. John's wins 76-63 against Butler. Gets the easy cover in that game. Uh, does stay under the total of 142.5. Uh, in progress right now, Grambling leading Bethune-Cookman. It's a final, actually, 87-72. Uh, second half, Colorado-Washington. Right now, the Buffaloes lead 60-59, to 332 to go at T-Mobile here in Vegas. Second half, over Caches. Hopefully, you jumped on that when we talked about that earlier. Still 3.5 to, to go in that one, Patrick. They're already at 71 points. Uh, Right now, UNLV leading Air Force 14-12 with nine minutes to go in the first half. And I got to tell you, I'm kicking myself for not taking under 59 in the first half. I'm not saying it doesn't get there, but it sure seems like it's going to be a long mountain to climb if they're going to get over that 59 in the first half.
6: Snails pace for Air Force. Yeah. Thank you, Amal Shaw. We bring in Scott Spreitzer, our partner, professional handicapper every Wednesday here on Sharp Money. Scott wins with two T's on Twitter, DocSports, doc Sports, docsports.com. And as we say hi to Scott, let's start here. Let's talk about what you look for in conference tournament handicapping, Scott.
3: Yeah it, it, especially these early days of the tournaments I like to look at teams that are are basically looking to sweep a three game series against an opponent or get double revenge Uh, from the team that was beat the first two times they played each other. And Patrick, what I tend to look for is just how close the games were, Uh, if there were any crazy final scores that didn't represent what actually happened throughout the course of the game until maybe a couple of minutes at the end or things like that. Uh, So I look for whether a team dominated if they won two games during the course of the season against the uh, upcoming opposition. And if they didn't, if they were close, if there were some wild stats, like say, you know, the team that won – uh, one game happened to get you know 25 free throw attempts. The other team that lost got 10. Yet it's a four point win. Those kind of things. Then I look right. into a little bit more of playing on that team that's looking to gain double revenge. It's nothing blind about it. I'll, I'll handicap those games, and they still got to fit a lot of uh, scenarios that I look at. But uh, that's basically what I do. If there's a mismatch with a favorite in the two earlier games. I'll tend to play those teams again that won the two earlier games. Uh, We've already done that a couple of times so far in the conference tournaments, and I I tend to look for those kind of angles. That's the first thing I'll look at for the next morning's games when I'm handicapping games at night for the next day.
6: Well, let's use an example. Sometimes an example helps the better, and tonight's matchup with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma right now, this number, open Oklahoma one, Oklahoma State lane one at a couple of shops, and you can use this as an example,
3: Scott. Yeah, and again, you know, it's one of those things where Oklahoma State had the Sooners number throughout the course of the season. They won both meetings by double digits. There was nothing really fluky about either one of those two margins of victory. They crushed OU on the glass. They forced 27 turnovers and allowed just 18 assists in those two wins over the Sooners. Oklahoma comes in. They're ranked 306th and 329th in offensive and defensive turnover percentage, respectively, uh, they make too many mistakes and they don't first turnovers. That's one of their biggest problems under Porter Moser uh, so far this season. So the Cowboys, they're outstanding on defense. Uh, looks like they won't have Avery Anderson tonight. I was hoping he would come back at a limited style of player, limited action. He has practiced this week in limited capacity. Uh, he probably won't go for Oklahoma State, but the Cowboys come in anyway on a 17-6 spread March run onto their head coach Boynton. And that's another thing that I'm looking for is how coaches do at their current Uh, universities when it comes to the month of March conference tournaments, if they get to the big dance, things of that nature. So even though Avery Anderson's been out for a bit, looks like he's probably not going to play tonight. If he did, it would be, you know, just very few minutes. So I don't think he's going to get any action. I still think they get the win. I was looking just a few minutes ago at uh, my ticket counts on different sites for, for this game. And I talked to one bookmaker. They're getting over 60% of the tickets on the Sooners. So I'm in disagreement with the popular side here. And uh, that numbers come down. Oklahoma State minus a point, I think is the way to go here.
6: Let's keep the examples rolling. Scott Spritzer here on Sharp Money, professional handicapper, friend of the show. Let's go to the Patriot. Lafayette. I don't know how they're here in the conference championship final, but they are. (laughs) Colgate, who's just a different level. You know this. They were 15 and one in league play. They've been to the tournament two straight years. So you've got Lafayette, Colgate tonight, and the Patriot, and Colgate's laying 13 and a half, Scott.
3: Yeah, I think it's a good example. I mean, you could find a lot of 14s out there, and I think you're paying a premium here for Col- Colgate, and the fact that people recognize what they've done the last couple of, you know, marches. And here you got Colgate on this 8-0 run. They're one point away from a 20-game winning streak going into this one. Lafayette, they've won 11 of 33 games. That's it, straight up this season. But they play the 14th most deliberate style of basketball on the offensive end out of 363 teams. They're like 350th. Uh, and they bothered Colgate in the two meetings. There was no doubt about it if you watch those games. Uh, they're a weird team to play. They got in Colgate's uh, shirts a little bit in a couple of those games that they faced him this year. They not only did that, but they, they limited Colgate's attempts because they're so deliberate on the offensive end, Lafayette. So here's uh, Colgate winning the first one by four, a couple of, or last meeting by four points a couple of weeks ago. They won the first meeting by 12, but Colgate trailed even in the 12-point loss, a win. They trailed with more than, I'm going to say, a little bit more than nine minutes to go in the second half of that game. And then they went nuts at the free throw line. That was basically the difference down the stretch. And if you look at Lafayette, that's what they do, man. They don't get blown out a lot. Especially against Colgate during the course of the regular season, came within four in the most recent meeting. They're going to make them have to wait and then work for shots and be patient. That's tough to do. Colgate is obviously a recognized team, so they're gonna get a lot of the action, I would bet. I did see this number drop from 14 to 13 and a half at a couple of the books in the last hour or so. One thing also about Lafayette and their style of play that makes it tough on quality teams, they've covered 14 of their last 19 against teams playing 600 or better basketball. So it's just, man, it's a switch of gears. you got to do things you don't like to when you're going up against Lafayette. You're generally going to get the win against them, but it's tough to cover doubles when you don't see a whole lot of shots like you're normally used to on on the offensive end because of that style of play.
6: Amal, I have breaking news for you. Scott Spreitzer, of course, Mike Samich, Amal Shaw, and Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money. Breaking news, Jim Beheim will, in fact, retire Former Syracuse player, associate head coach, Adrian Autry, will succeed him per university release. So you got your wish, Amal Shaw. Jim Bayheim is done at Syracuse.
7: Well, that's not my wish, but, you know, that final press conference was about as good as his non-conference schedule has been for the last four decades. I mean, it was such a <laughs> pathetic con- – I mean, it was just – what a joke. I mean, you know, he's from that Mike Krzyzewski tree of being a jerk, so – Anyway, I, I, <laughs> I digress. you uh,
6: probably uh, but Scott Sprites, you probably have bet on or against Jim Bayheim in 40 plus years a million times. Any thoughts on Bayheim stepping down today?
3: It, it's it's bitter it's bittersweet, I guess, as a college basketball fan because like them all, I think it's it's just time to go. You're almost 80 years old. His mind still seems sharp for the most part, but he's lost a step. The game's kind of changed around him a little bit. But, man, I go back to, you know, I can remember when Dickie V first started calling games on ESPN, growing up as a young kid, 11, 12 years old, and watching that Big East tournament, the old Big East tournament. Jim Boeheim, always a mainstay, getting his team uh, through the tournament most, ni- most times and, and on to March Madness. So, yeah, man, it's, like, it's just like with Coach K. Listen, I'm a UNLV guy, all right? We hated Duke with a passion. Back in the Tark years, there's no doubt about it. But I was sad to see Coach K go, even though it might have been time. Bottom line is, is that uh, Beheim, it's time to move on. Man, enjoy the retirement years. What an incredible job he's done. You know, all these years. What's it been? Like, you know, 40-plus years now at the same school. So hats off to Jim Beheim. Like him all, I think it's time that he goes.
7: Yeah, I was about as sad to see Coach K go as the Ukrainians were to see the Russians leave. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, well, I don't know
6: what just happened when Amal Shah has taken the show off the rails. Uh, Jim Boeheim, it is official. He is going to step down. How many years has it been, Amal? It's been 40-plus, right? Since
7: I think 76 or 77, somewhere in that range. So
6: I was born in 78. I just turned 45. Beheim was there two years before I got to the planet. That is fascinating. Um, okay, let's circle back and, and great examples. I appreciate that. Scott Sprites are professional handicapper. Examples as far as betting conference tournaments. You do have a play as far as the Pac-12. You like Oregon.
3: Yeah, I do like Oregon, and I know things are already getting underway, but I jumped in at 8-1 on the Oregon Ducks to win the Pac-12 tournament. You could find 9-1 to one yesterday, the day before, and all that kind of stuff, but mostly 8-1s to ones out there. Uh, they're completely healthy, finally. And, and this team uh, that was power-rated, remember, back before the season began, if you go to the trustworthy power-rating sites, they were top 30 in the country. Uh, they had slipped all the way to 70th in some of those power-ratings. Just six weeks ago, 40 spots dropped, uh, and now they're back up again to about 40th. So uh, they've gained about 30 spots in the last six-plus weeks. They had wins over Arizona, win over USC. That comes to mind. They're 11 points away, including one loss in overtime from an 8-0 run entering this tourney. They don't turn the ball over all of a sudden. 21 combined turnovers in their last three games. That's great, obviously. They're 33rd in college basketball out of 363 teams in two-point defense. They don't send teams to the free throw line. And, of course, you got eight guys averaging between 6.5 and 13.5 and points, and eight guys also who are getting 17 minutes or more per game for Dana Altman. They're deep if they need it. they got Dante inside, the big 7-footer, 14-9 and nine a game. Will Richardson leads that solid backcourt. And, of course, then you've got Dana Altman, who just covers point spreads over his career in Eugene, with the ducks when it comes to February and March. So I really thought an eight to one to win the tournament the PAC 12 tournament. It wasn't a bad, uh, semi medium to long shot to take at that conference.
7: You know, Patrick and folly Dante is a big man inside there. I love this kid plays with a high motor really can cause some problems for you defensively uh, for the opposition when they're on offense. And then will Richardson is going to be a key for the ducks. He's got to play well. And if Gary is knocking down some shots, this team could be dangerous. To me, I think it's you got four teams you could potentially look at. ST's a little bit inconsistent. Boogie Ellis has been tremendous, but at times can be a little bit inconsistent. And then Kirk Harissa has got to play well for Arizona if uh, Arizona is going to have a shot to beat UCLA in this tournament.
6: Scott Spritzer, your connection is great, so stick around for another segment okay. because I want to get to UCLA. We'll find out Jalen Clark. He matters to that team on ball, off ball, defending, as Amal always points out. Xavier to win the Big East at five to one, and then he's got thoughts on Rutgers, Michigan tomorrow. Scott Spritzer, professional handicapper, joining us here on Sharp Money. Samich is hanging out. Amal Shaw, the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. We're back. It's V the Sports Betting Network.
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand.
2: /iheart
1: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
6: Okay, this is exciting news Massachusetts and Massachusetts sports fans, soon enough DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook will be live right in Massachusetts. So bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. Don't bet with some out-of-town sportsbook. Bet local with DraftKings, the only sportsbook born and raised in mass. Plus, all new customers. This is important. All new customers who sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook today using the code VSIN V-S-I-N, will receive... Up to $200 in bonus bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Massachusetts. Soon you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, pros, excuse me, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sports books. That's DraftKings Sportsbook. Remember, it's home right there in Massachusetts. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org. Okay, 21 years or older, you got to be physically present in Massachusetts Eligibility restrictions do apply. Bonus issued as free bets. Terms and conditions at DraftKings.com/ma. Okay, we're back here on Sharp Money the way it should be. We're hanging out with our friends, watching conference tournament basketball, live betting. Sharp Money Visa and the Esports Betting Network. Professional handicapper on your right, Mike Samich. Right in the middle there, professional handicapper for gosh forty years there in Las Vegas, Scott Spritzer. Scott wins on Twitter docsports.com and Amal Shaw. Amal, I'll start with you. Any updates on what's happening in Endgame there?
7: Yeah, we got a final right now between Colorado and Washington. Colorado wins seventy-four sixty-eight, so they covered the number there uh, in terms of the uh, that one. And then uh, it's ninety-four points scored in the second half, so hopefully people uh, took that second half over. That one flies over right now. UNLV leading Air Force twenty-one seventeen with three thirty-eight to go in the first half. And then GW leading uh, St. Joe's 14-6, 14-37 to go in the first half. And Northwestern State uh, right now just uh, leading against Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, very early, 3-0, 18-26 to go in the first half of the Southland Championship.
6: And good job with you on that overall, Mm all. You said it on the show it's a winner if anybody tailed samich anything from you you're watching right now
9: this unlv uh air force game i think is awfully interesting right here i mean both of these teams are just anemic on offense right now the first half total was 59 amal mentioned that earlier you're going to look at like a 69 68 type second half total it's awfully tempting to come back on the under when you watch this game. I also think that UNLV has played better and just executed really poorly versus Air Force, who's just not very good. So I, I kind of like UNLV's second half. If we can keep it around a pick'em, uh possibly a little bit of plus money depending on what this final score of the first half is. But UNLV and the under here seems like both leans right now based on where the score is in the second half.
6: Well, it's interesting, Scott Spreitzer, because Air Force is quite anomalous. They fly jets, but they play
3: at a snail's pace. I like it. They absolutely do. And, you know, I thought they had a chance. I didn't play the game today. I thought they had a chance to potentially up in UNLV because we see UNLV going through stretches, uh, seven, eight minute stretches sometimes where they just look completely discombobulated and away from what they want to do when they start games. And listen, I think Kevin Kruger was a fantastic hire out here. His family is well, well respected in this community, but he's learning on the fly. And you can see that at times where all of a sudden this team just goes into a funk and all of a sudden Harkless starts hanging, hanging, you know, handling the ball way too much every time down the floor and they have to rely on him, hopefully making more shots than he misses. That's not always the case, but you know, just having it on in the background a little bit, I, I think it's a situation where they'll probably end up being able to win this game by eight or nine points by the time it's said and done, but I certainly wouldn't want to play any overs of any kind for me at least in the second half of this game just watching the way they're playing amal i'm coming to you
6: with an update not a great update here in los angeles jalen jalen clark is out for the season achilles Ooh. he's done that's huge for ucla amal
7: yeah big i mean to me he's the best on ball perimeter defender in college basketball what he can do for you defensively potentially uh, from one two and three i think it has an impact the bruins are still talented enough with bona in the back of that uh, line and then of course jaime jaquez and tiger campbell but I don't think you can discount what Jalen Clark is and how good he can be for you. He is just a tremendous, tremendous player. Defense is an effort game, and Jalen Clark gave as good of an effort as anybody in college basketball defensively.
6: I can tell you, Scott Spreitzer, I'm coming to you because you've got UCLA at 9-1 to win the national championship. I can tell you, yes, there are UCLA fans here in Los Angeles, and I've talked to a few of them. They were concerned about Jalen Clark. Their concerns have been met. He's out for the season. Does that change your bet moving forward?
3: Well, I got him a 9-1 to one before the injury, which was suffered on, what, March 4th or whatever it was, and uh, against uh, Arizona, if I recall. Yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, they've got great backcourt. Uh, players and they're big even without him. They're they're incredibly big. But I was just punching up my numbers. You know, he's 19 points. Basically, his points, rebounds, and assists are about 19 points per game combined over the last 10. About 12 points and all that kind of stuff. Four assists per game, four rebounds. But the bottom line is, is that they are big enough in that backcourt and strong enough, and coached by Mick Cronin. And this is something that some guys might disagree with. I think Mick Cronin, to me, is the best coach in college basketball right now. And, he, and you look at his record over the course of his career at Murray State, he goes 69 and 24. At Cincinnati, his last nine years, he goes 235 and 79. We've seen what he's done at UCLA, 94 and 34. Put it all together, it's almost a 750 win percentage at Murray, at Cincy, and now at UCLA. They're not a team that's going to like play a. You know, crazy up tempo basketball. So that makes it, relatively speaking, a little bit easier to overcome the potential loss of Jalen Clark. But listen, nine to one last week, if he would have been hurt and called out for the season, would I bet you still lay at nine to one? No, I would not have. So I've got to kind of tough this one out. Uh, I was asked by text just a, a few minutes ago if I would wait and see where the number gets bumped to it, if I would back UCLA again. And at that point, that just feels like chasing once good money with now bad money. So that kind of takes you off in a little bit. I still think this team can get to the final four and wait and see what the odds are for a final four appearance. And that might be a little bit better way to go with this team. 22 and two their last 24. They don't make dumb mistakes. They're still seventh in defensive turnover percentage and, and they're great on the defensive end. As Amal said, they're going to miss, I think, Jalen Clark more on the defensive side of the court than they will on the offensive side of the court, although he was capable of, capable of uh, dishing the basketball out to open shooters, creating shots for others. They got enough around him to make up for it on offense where they don't need to score 80 points per game. I'm just wondering about top matchups on the defensive end of the floor. I was
6: laughing because you and I have been talking for so long. You used to talk about backing Mick Cronin at Cincinnati and constantly giving out plays on Cronin. And Amal, when he was hired here at UCLA in Los Angeles, it was – it was panned, frankly, nationally, because it wasn't a sexy hire. And he's done an amazing job, Cronin, at UCLA, all.
7: Well, listen, for people that don't know, look, his dad, HEP Cronin, is a legendary coach in the state of Ohio. They're in southwest Ohio. He's done a tremendous job. Mixed teams always play defense. It was just a matter of getting the guys into UCLA that would buy into that. Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell are two Perfect examples of what you want from Bruins in terms of getting after it on both ends of the floor. Talked about Jalen Clark. You know, you look at uh, Bailey's another guy, Amari Bailey, who could be a good defender if he gives that type of effort. I don't know if he becomes a Jalen Clark level type of defender, but it's, again, with Mick, you're not going to get to play if you're not defending. And I still think this UCLA team is extremely dangerous, uh, but I I still think for my money, Patrick, he is the best on-ball defender in college basketball.
6: No, no, no. That's yep. exactly what everybody pointed to here in Los Angeles. Jalen Clark, you miss him on the defensive end and the experience. Yeah. This is a very experienced UCLA team. And he was there with Haquez and the crew. Okay. We've got two minutes left before we say goodbye. Scott Spreitzer. Let's get your play here tomorrow. Rutgers, Michigan and Michigan, both on the bubble, both need wins to improve their resume. Michigan lane three.
3: Yeah, I'm not a fan of the way Rutgers wrapped up their season. They love to win with their defensive play, and it's been strong for most of the season until late. Uh, They're not a good shooting team. Sometimes they look like they can't hit the broad side of the barn.
6: I think we lost Scott. And that was the concern yeah. all along. We'll pull Scott down. It's all good. And we can pick it up with Samich, Amal, and myself tomorrow. Big 10, again, both need the win, mm-hmm. right, Amal? I mean, it's Rutgers, Michigan, both
7: squarely on the bubble. And you've got Michigan lane three. Yeah, that's an interesting number here. I actually would look at Rutgers in this one uh, with the number at three. Um, not convinced that the Wolverines, now they did play well against IU, came up a little bit short. But I think this Rutgers team Uh, They present some unique challenges. I like Peichel as a coach. They're a team that defends. We'll see what the Wolverines are able to do. Outside of Dickinson and Howard, they just don't seem to have a third guy that really is consistent and able to step up for them.
9: Samich, your thoughts? I got the Wolverines uh, minus three in this spot. I I think that they're going to step up. They need to win the game to get into the tournament. This is one of those spots where they just need to get the job done, show up with a top-level performance. They've been inconsistent this year, but when they've been good, they've been good. Uh, They were able to go into Indiana and absolutely blow them out of the gym there. They can bring their A game. I think they're able to get the job done here, laying the three. Real quick on the UCLA point as well. They're projected to be the one seed out west right now. in uh, Joe Lenardi's newest bracket that came out, the projected three seed, Gonzaga who looked awesome last night and actually showed up on the defensive side of the ball. If Gonzaga can come with that defense every single night, they're a very dangerous team. They were 20 to one to win the national title, four and a half to one to make the final four. If you correlate that injury on the UCLA side with how well Gonzaga played last night, if they do both end up in the West and they're playing right down the road from here, that's gonna be a pro Gonzaga crowd. It's gonna to be tough to win in that gym. I'd I like the Gonzaga odds, specifically with UCLA news.
6: Remember, seeding matters for where you go. So good point by you. And Amal, you and I were discussing that St. Mary's-Gonzaga matchup last night. We said, you got them at nine. That was your number. Would they win by 25? <laughs> so it was like, it was, it was never a contest. When we come back, we got more games tipping. It's Sharp Money. It's VSIN, the Esports Betting Network.
1: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on Vsin, the sports betting network.
6: Sharp Money, watching some conference tournaments here on Vsin, the sports betting network. Remember, you can check out the betting splits. You want to see where the money's going? It's pretty simple and it's free over at vsin.com. Money and bets for every game, updated 10 minute every 10 minutes straight from DraftKings. Today's games and of course future events as well. Check out our betting splits. That's the most popular pro tool bar none over at VEASAN.com. Also, a good time to remind you, go sign up for the daily newsletter. It's called VEASAN Daily. Enter your email address. It's free to do. Remember, we have experts breaking down literally every single conference, every game, every team, articles going up right now. Go to VEASAN.com. When you sign up for the daily newsletter, it's kind of a confluence. Everything goes to the newsletter with links from Bill AD. So you're going to find everything you need and then directly link right to VEASAN.com. Put a little bookmark on it, and we got you covered. Speaking of got you covered, the big guys there in Las Vegas with Amal Shaw, Mike Somich, professional handicapper. Let's talk about halftime, UNLV and Air Force. Okay, so it's 24-22, UNLV. We've got a combined 46 points. We talked about this potentially being an under, Samich. I'll start with you, but it's been gross. Amal was talking about the shooting percentages. Yuck. We've got a second half. Of UNL lane three and 70 on the total, how do we not hit the under here?
9: this has just been a a snail's pace back and forth it's not even how bad they're shooting it's the attempts that they are taking the amount of attempts in the first half just can't sustain a 70 total you'd have to have both teams shoot close to 60 percent to be able to get to 70 points here in the second half now we've been talking a lot about second half overs in these conference tournaments the last hour and a half or so and how how we both lean toward those overplays in the second half of conference tournaments simply because you have the fouls and you have the shots you got to hit shots. you got to hit foul shots to be able to get those to go through the hoop. And that's not something either of these teams have proved to do in this first half. I, I was expecting this total to be around 68. I think 70 is a, a pretty generous number. I played the under during break.
7: Uh, I would agree with Mike here. A couple of uh, stats I want to point out real quick. 10 turnovers in the first half for Air Force guys. Uh, of those, 14 points off of turnovers for UNLV. So they literally have 14 of their 24 points off of turnovers. I mean, if, if that's what you're going to rely on with Vegas, this could be a serious problem for UNLV.
6: Uh, it's an issue. You concur with Samich on the under seventy in the second half here, Amal.
7: There's no question about it. it to Mike's point, I thought this was gonna be a 67-66. seven, sixty six. I'm really surprised this thing came back at at seventy. Usually you see an adjustment based on how the game is going that would come down a little bit or a little bit higher if the Agreed. game has been higher scoring. And to be at a seventy just shocks me. Yeah, they're not and getting I'm their offense. I'm looking
6: offshore. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm looking offshore. It's 110 up and down everywhere at 70. I, the one move, all, and I don't know if this means anything to you, we've ticked down a half a point with UNLV. They were three. They're down
7: to two and a half. I'm not surprised by that one. Just simply based on the way this game is played out, you feel like it could go either way. I expect the Rebels to be able to prevail at the end here, but look, you can't go into this just saying, hey, I'm very confident going bet UNLV. Th- this team just looks completely disengaged at times. UNLV, no flow offensively whatsoever.
9: Yeah, when they aren't getting out in transition, yep. they're, they're spending the first 15, 20 seconds of the shot clock three feet behind the three-point line. <laughs> and so you leave 10 seconds to try and run offense with a, an offense that can't really run offense. It just it, it ends up with these situations where you're getting up bad shots, wild drives, long chuck threes. All of those tend to play toward the under. And don't give me very much confidence in UNLV covering a second-half number. I would expect they pull this out, but I, I would not be betting UNLV. You could talk me into Air Force, but I wouldn't bet UNLV based on the way that first half ended.
6: Yeah, my assumption going to the break, it was going to be posted for the total somewhere between 62 and 65 them all. And yeah. we got 70. So I'll lay it. I'll go under and we'll see how it turns out. Texas Tech, West Virginia. We talked about them earlier. Let's stay in conference. Virginia Tech, NC State. Samich, I think you have a play here. Virginia Tech killed us last night, all. Because missed free throws killed yep. us. We needed overtime, of course, against Notre Dame and Mike Bray's last game there. But we didn't cover the number of six and a half. You are going to fade the Hokies here, Samich. NC State Lane two and a half.
9: Yeah, Virginia Tech hasn't been very good all season long. They were able to pick up the win because Notre Dame's been worse last night, and so they, Notre Dame played poorly. Virginia Tech was able to get through here. Now we're taking on an NC State team that's 22-9, and nine, needs the win to, to improve their seeding in the tournament, which they're probably already in here. They've been struggling a little bit down the stretch, and so that's the one big thing I'm worried about with, with NC State is can they right the ship here? But I think you're going to get a motivated performance out of them today, and, and Virginia Tech just is not very good. I think NC State's going to be able to slow them down on the offensive end. Uh, I, I would take NC State some we're in that four range, I, I that was where my model spit them out, and so laying two and a half, I'm happy to do it here.
7: I, I agree with Mike, I think it's a cheap number here. I thought it should have been closer to three and a half. I like the sensei state team probably a lot more than other people do. I'm not a big trick, uh, trick, Quavion Smith guy just in terms of his shot selection, but overall, this team offensively is really dangerous, and um, to me, I think this is a game they should be able to get uh, this one covered.
6: UTEP Western Kentucky. I think that was part of the network from Gable. Let me find my network plays. Then we'll adjust and go back to hockey. While I'm looking for these network plays, here it is. No, it wasn't one of the plays. So we'll move on. Samich, one of the questions I asked Aaron Halterman, and we'll continue with the college basketball as well. Is as a professional, essentially, what you are as a professional horse handicapper, and you do all sports as well. You're there in Vegas for a contest. It, do you find for novice bettors, if they were to start, it's so exhaustive and comprehensive, that is horse racing handicapping. Do you find it helps you across the other sports?
9: I think it does. With horse racing, you just have so much information that you're pursing through, and you've got to figure out what what is, is important information and what information is not really valid. When you're doing that on a day-in and day-out basis, it gives you a real A tactical way to attack that information. So, when you start to see trends, you know how how to find whether or not those trends are valid or not. We talked about the work I put in in the first period, unders, the second period, overs. That is essentially the same thing I'm doing in horse racing, and it kind of gave me a system, a a way to go through that and purse that data to be able to then come up with solid sports plays and figure out, okay, how does this sports play work? Is this something that's long term profitable? Is there a positive expected value on this specific setup? Uh, Using those different horse racing techniques to put over into the sports side is definitely helped me out just from a process perspective more than anything else.
6: Exactly what I'm looking for from you. Now, you do have a couple more plays on the ice. I was joking with you guys during the break. Can I talk either of you into late night Anaheim and Vancouver going over the six and a half? Uh, Two of the worst defensive teams in the league. Two terrible goaltenders giving up close to an average of four goals a game. The over is four and one the last five meetings in Vancouver between Anaheim and Vancouver. You got six and a half, 120 on the over, Samich. Can I talk you into it?
9: yeah you can i would I, I kind of like the over here. I kind of like the Canucks minus the goal and a half. We talked about this on Friday uh, when you 're in that third period in that five to ten minute range left in the game. If one team's up one, you look at laying a goal and a half with them. This is a great example. The ducks pull their goal early. The Canucks are effective when, they're, when their goalie is off, or when the opponent 's goalie is off the ice. If we can get a plus money number on the Canucks, if they're up one in that five to 10-minute range left in the third period, that's going to be something I'm going to be firing at in-game. But pre flop here, I like the over. I like uh, the Canucks minus the goal and a half here. The Ducks played last night. This is the second of a back-to-back on the road. That's been a terrible spot for NHL teams all year. I think it continues here tonight.
7: Yeah, I'm not gonna Any play. thoughts on all? No, I'm not going to play this game, but uh, this is not a bad total to play over. This Ducks team is just an absolute sieve defensively. Okay,
6: anything else on the ice before we transition so I know you had a couple of plays.
9: I don't hate the idea of sprinkling a couple bucks on the Blackhawks. We've been absolutely atrocious so far this year, but they're taking on the wings. The wings have lost five or the last five games four of those five. They have lost by at least three goals getting plus 195 on the Blackhawks We're coming off a five nothing win against Ottawa. Look, both these teams traded everything at the deadline. I don't think there's any way you should have plus 195 here on either team in this game, no matter where they're playing or who's playing. They're about equal in my mind. I I thought this line should be closer to Detroit, minus 135, Chicago plus 115, something like that. Not going crazy with the Blackhawks here, but at plus 195, you got to put something on them.
6: Okay. And another official play from Samich, Minnesota, and the Jets under one and a half first period play. Okay, we transition. If there anything, any updates from you, all and what you're watching as far as the conference tournaments right now?
7: Yeah, right now, and this could be a potential second-half play here. Northwestern State leading Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, 26-14. Early in the first half, or excuse me, later in the first half, 7.33 remaining here. But uh, the real key has been DeMarcus Sharp so far for Northwestern State. Uh, the demons have been on fire because of his play. He's got already 14 points on seven for 12 shooting. So if they don't corral him pretty quickly, this could be a long game for uh, the Islanders in this one. So we'll see what happens there. And then right now, Saint Joe's was down by I think as much as 10 or 12 points against GW early. Was really struggling shooting the basketball. Still poor from behind the p- perimeter right now at uh, one for 10. But they now lead 29-26 against GW. 517 to go in the first half there. And again, as we talked about a few minutes ago, uh, UNLV in front of Air Force 2422 at the break.
6: Okay. Thank you, Amal Shah. You seeing anything, Samich?
9: A little interested that uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi game. Uh, I think if you continue to see the the first half end in a manner that it has started, I'd be interested in coming back in Texas A&M Corpus Christi second half. There, trying to narrow the margin down. I'm expecting if you know if we end up at a 15 point half, uh, I would. Well, right now it's 26-14, so I would expect we're going to be laying, let's call it four in the second half, maybe four and a half. I like that number if we can get it with Texas A&M
6: let's go corpus christi stand up when we come back we're going to close some tabs with the big guy also he's got two nba props you have a prop in the nba on the sun's team total samich as we continue plus we've got more conference tournaments tipping in 20 minutes at three my time six on the east coast come on back sharp money vsin the sports betting network
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: Mother's Day is coming, and Mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint.
2: don't put off a good night's sleep any longer get a lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight visit lisa.com slash iheart that's l-e-e-s-a.com slash iheart
1: this is sharp money with patrick maher and amal shaw on v the sports betting network
6: Okay, I'm going to warn you now whether it's digital or analog, we've got about 25 plays coming your way here on Sharp Money, so get ready to write them down. But first, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. Love Bet Rivers. You could win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing our exclusive Bet Rivers squares this basketball season. You place a qualifying bet and you get a square on the house. Pretty cool. If the numbers on your square match the final score of the game, you're going to win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers apply. Eligible bonuses and credit use. Full terms and conditions available at betriversquares.com. As we welcome you back, call me crazy, but this was the idea we had for the show when we launched Sharp Money. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. It's dudes girls whomever hanging out talking sports and the conference tournaments provide the perfect platform so that's what we've been doing today we had scott spritzer dan bonner we've got mike somich professional handicapper in studio of course amal shaw my partner and dustin Sweetelson. speaking of the big guy we're going to close tabs coming up in just a bit also recap the official plays for the show but you have two nba props you want to get to and you said during the break you don't like you love these
5: two yeah, I think we have wiggle room in both of these that I'm going to share with everyone here. The, the first one... Get up to that mic, big guy. i having first, a hard time hearing you. The first one is a bet that I actually went into researching wanting to go under on. I ended up going over, and it's on a player we bet against last week in Cam Reddish. So he has been awesome since Anthony Simons has been out. Three games without Simons, he's been crushing it. When we bet under 10.5 points on him last week, he dropped 25. Is that good? So... <laughs> 27 points, rebounds, and assists he's averaged over the last three. His total is set at 18 and a half tonight. I think we have a little bit of wiggle room to play with here to go over 18 and a half points, rebounds, and assists on Cam Reddish, who is contributing in every category since Simons has been out. So he's doing better than I thought. Let's lock that one in. The other one here, Norman Powell likely not to play for the Clippers or he's out for the Clippers. Uh, Last five games without Powell that Paul George has played in, he's been awesome. His points, rebounds, and assists, 34 and a half. He's averaging without Powell in the lineup, 42 in that regard. Again, another bet with another nice cushion. It feels too good to be true, but I'm going to take it.
6: The prop king, the big guy, Dustin Swedelson. Another prop, Oklahoma City, or at least a team total here with Phoenix, Phoenix is laying 13 hosting the Thunder. The total on the game sum is 233 and a half, but you're going to go over the Suns team total.
9: Yeah, I like the over in the game as well, but I like the Suns team total over a little bit more here sitting at I believe it's 122 and a half right now the suns since getting Kevin Durant into the lineup are averaging 87 shots a game, but it's just not those shots. It's the quality of those shots. They are getting a lot of times you hear about, you know, when you have the, the all the p- sums of the parts versus the single parts by themselves. Well, this is an example where each of these single parts is better when they are together. The sum is greater than those individual parts, Booker, Durant, Durant, Paul are all getting wide open looks when they are shooting. Their three-point percentage, I think, is going to tick up. And one of the reasons I like the over here as well is that Phoenix is ranked, I believe it's fourth right now in overall defense, averaging giving up 111 points a game right now. They gave up two of their better wing defenders to get Kevin Durant in. Their defense is going to fade off a little bit here, but their scoring is going to flourish. I like the over in the game at 233. I like the over for the Sun specifically at 122.5 here.
6: Yeah, my partner, Amal Shaw is getting frustrated with me. But if you watch the Suns play with KD in the lineup offensively, it's like nothing I've seen. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors are a tremendous offensive team when they're clicking. But this Suns team with the spacing and KD on the court, Booker, when he goes to the bench, you have KD out there, so there's not an imbalance. Amal, it's a very dangerous team offensively.
7: I got no problem. I'm just not interested in the old uh, peanut grabber winning a title potentially here in Chris Paul.
6: Shots fired. to his college days. Uh, Julius
7: Hodge says hello, by the way.
6: (laughs) Quote, unquote, the peanut grabber. Speaking of college, we've got breaking news. Just about an hour ago, it was announced that UCLA guard Jalen Clark reportedly out for the season. That doesn't mean an end of the road for their title chances, but Amal, it certainly doesn't help because they miss a huge
7: piece defensively with Clark out. No question about it. I think what he can bring for you defensively in terms of harassing any guard is huge. UCLA, you know, look, they're a very good offensive team, but they're going to hang their hat on the defensive end, and to lose a player of his caliber, I I think people may not realize, and I know Scott, Mike, yourself, and I have all talked about this, it's a huge loss. You you know, look, sometimes you look at an eraser at the back of the rim, uh, but the reality is, Jalen Clark, to me, it's not even close. He's the best on-ball defender in college. Oops, I've said that probably three times in the last hour.
6: Uh, Totally agree with you. Um, Let's get gables plays in before we close the tab la Tech fiu over 151 and a half thomas gable of course racing sportsbook director over at uh, the borgata in atlantic city south carolina state howard 155 go over utsa rice over 153 and a half that's three more plays for you here on sharp money with a sharp dude over in atlantic city big guy let's close the
5: tab All right, we'll fly through these. First, our pro tip of the day. We have two. One comes courtesy of you, Patrick. One courtesy of Mike Somich, who's in studio. We'll give it that in a second. Uh, Yours, Patrick, was listen to people in the know and read between the lines of what they say. A lot of analysts, coaches, and players speak in coded language. There's information you can use in your handicap from that. So that is
6: Yes, the interesting part, just just quickly, we talked about uh, Seth Greenberg earlier maybe a little coded. He was very forward about the fact that there's issues with North Carolina and chemistry in that locker room. What we do here at VEASAN, and sometimes it can be a little dicey having guests on because you're bringing guests on a, Gambling network and sometimes they're A little reticent to discuss some things so you Have to look for the coded language Look between it as a handicapper you should Be trying to pick up on every Single edge Greenberg talking about A lack of chemistry with North Carolina Painted a picture for me what's the next One big guy
5: and Mike Somich you have A great tip on correlating periods In the NHL
9: yeah let's talk a little bit About first period unders, second period Overs here first period unders have been coming on Coming in at a record rate 27 of The 32 NHL teams has a Positive ROI on the unders in the first period. So keep looking at those first-period unders. They're generally a plus-money bet. Sometimes they're minus 104, minus 110, something like that. But keep an eye on first-period unders, especially with teams that don't score a ton. And the opposite of that, second-period overs. We've got uh, every single team in the NHL to the over in the second period. The worst record is the Carolina Hurricanes at 32 and 28. But there are three teams that absolutely stand out. Uh, the Oilers, the Kraken, and the Devils are all at least 50 and 13 to the over in the second period. So look at those.
6: It's almost like cartoon numbers. them all those yeah. are insane numbers in the second period to the over.
7: Well, think about this with Edmonton, right? When you get on the power play and he, Mike referenced more power plays 40% in the second period. So you've got dry and McDavid. I mean, for my money, the two best scores, the national hockey league, and Connor's in that rarefied air of 99 and 66. So you, you talk about how great they are. And then the games tend to open up a little bit more there. And I thought Mike brought up another good point about the first 10 minutes being the fewest number of penalties called over, if you look at it, just basically sequences of six throughout the game. And I think that's something very important to take into consideration.
6: Got two minutes, big guy. Close more tabs.
5: Let's go. We got plenty to work with here. John Morant will miss at least the next four games and remain away from the team, according to Bleacher Report.
6: Okay. No surprise there. My assumption is he misses more. Close another.
5: Uh, We talked about California income tax. There are a bunch of ranges, nine, in fact, in the state. They range from 1% to 12.3%.
6: Yeah, I'm not going to flex about salaries. I'll just say this. It was much cheaper to live in Las Vegas. Close another one. <laughs>
5: uh, Patrick, you asked who plays at a slower pace than Air Force. There are nine teams that do in the country, and the Air Force is ranked 354 out of 363 in possessions per game.
6: How are we starting in our second half under 70, Samich a mall? You guys see it?
7: Not particularly strong.
9: Yeah, it's 36-36 right now, 13 minutes left. Uh, it feels like they're scoring at a roadrunner's pace, yeah. and we're still right about on pace for exactly. 70. So
6: hopefully we can yeah, get one tw- of these
9: little four-minute lulls, and then we'll be safely under.
6: <laughs> 26 points scored with 13-20 to go. Correct. Ouch. Don't love it, but we should be okay. Those two teams stink. Close another
5: big guy. Uh, Amal Shaw referred to the Wisconsin-Ohio State game as watching paint to dry. I looked no. it up. Oil-based no, that was paint. me. That was, oh, was you. Oil-based paint uh, takes six to eight hours. <laughs> Let's
4: hope okay. that game doesn't. <laughs> <You>
5: got-
6: <laughs> hey, quickly before we go, you both, Amal and Samich, are on NC State tonight laying yeah. two and a half. Uh,
7: look, you know, I-, I just like this team. I think they've been really good throughout the course of the season, and I don't think people are aware how effective they can be inside. I'm drawing a blank on number 30 for uh, Uh, NC State, the big man. I mean, this guy just looks like he can't play, but if you're running fives with him at any rec center, you're never coming off the floor.
6: Another play from Amal. He likes Georgia catching the three. Big guy, you got another... Tab to close. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, last one here. Uh, Amal Shah is the type of guy who says he's an elite communicator. What we found out today is that he's a poor multitasker.
7: Oh, there's no question <laughs> Why, what about happened? that. I missed it. I'm watching TV. I'm not even yeah. paying attention to you guys. <laughs> you know what I get called out on every time by everybody on the phone? Amal, what are you doing? Are you texting? Are you looking at something? Stop. Just you're on this phone call. Pay attention.
6: Okay, right. Dan Bonner. Thank you, CBS Sports. Scott Spritzer, professional handicapper, thank you. And Samich, your debut in studio, thank you so much for joining us today.
9: I appreciate you guys having me. Our second half, Corpus Christi got killed. They made the comeback in the first. Unbelievable.
6: That's my, that's my Texas A&M Corpus Christi team. Thank you. Big guy, thank you. Kevin Trash, Sean, thank you. Everybody downstairs at South Point, thank you. VEASAN PRIMETIME with Tim Murray, Sean King is next.
0: No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. ah. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at Toyota.com slash Beyond Zero.
2: I heart.